listening to the Pastor's Chat Podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Dayton. You're listening to the Pastor's Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Jones. I am Zach Brown. And I'm Ben Hayes, the senior pastor of this illustrious team. All right. Well, this episode is actually going to be Pastor Chat Light. We're going to do just a little quick lightning round where we're talking about this upcoming Sunday. So this Sunday is our welcome back service, I guess. Um, but the main discussion is what are we getting back to? And so, Brother Ben, if you want to take it from there and kind of tell everybody where we're going. Well, we're just excited uh, about opening everything back up, uh, so to speak, uh, on campus, bringing our Sunday school classes back uh, and letting everybody come back to, to be a part of the small groups as well as the, the worship services. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we'll have our regular worship at 8 o'clock and 1030 uh, with Sunday school in the middle, just like our schedule was before. But don't think that we're getting back to normal because I, I like uh, I like to think about uh, normal like my wife talks about it. She says normal is just a setting on the dryer. And, uh, you know, normal is not one of those things that we want to aspire to here at First Baptist Church Dadeville because normal is, is not necessarily good. It's comfortable. It's, it, it may be like that old house coat and slippers that you like to slip into in the evenings and just sit back and, and relax in. But that's never what church was intended to be. Uh, church was intended to be ex- an experience with God. And so what we want to do— is we want to not go back to normal. We want to go back to better. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today, just exactly what better means as uh, we get started back together in worship and Bible study. Just a quick note, when you mentioned you and your slippers and, you know, Mon or Kerchief and you and your hat, I had a picture of him in like an old English, like smoking jacket, like, you know, there by the parlor or whatever. So... Yeah, well, my son-in-law probably has one of those, John. He he loves to uh, dress up like that with his pipe and uh, sit in his slippers and, you know, pretend to be uh, just this English dude. But then he has children, so he doesn't yeah. actually get to sit and relax. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I saw something, not to take this in a completely different direction, but I saw a meme yesterday talking about um, why, you know, they're doing the, the confirmation hearings for Supreme Court. And uh, they were discussing why she was doing so well. And uh, someone said, she's got seven kids. She's used to people asking her dumb questions all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Okay, so (laughs) getting this train back on the tracks. Um, Back to better. So I guess let's go ahead and address what I'm sure some people hear. When they hear that, they say, back to better. So was everything we did wrong? Like, was it wrong before? Did we... Like how do how do we have better? Was there something wrong with what we were doing before? Yeah, you think think about your tendency. Even as as a family, as an individual, your tendency is you get into a routine, um, and you know a lot of times instead of saying routine, we need to look at it as a rut. Yeah, and and the old saying is that a rut is just a grave with the ends knocked out, and yeah, that's pretty much true. Uh, what we do as a church, we we go through the motions. We just get so accustomed to doing the same old thing, the same old way that it becomes uh, 
a tradition, and, and pretty soon traditions become golden calves. And if you don't get that reference, go back to your Old Testament and uh, discover that the golden calves were what sent Israel into a downward spiral and ultimately led to their destruction. Um, and, and churches do that. We, we get so caught up in doing the, the same old things the same old ways that we forget that what God wants for us is is new and exciting. That's that's why he makes his mercies new every day, because every day is, as we worship him ought to be a great adventure, uh, a celebration of who he is and what he wants to, to do in our lives, rather than just getting comfortable and satisfied. So back to better doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to change everything because everything was bad. Back to better is, is more of a mindset. It, it's not a program. Uh, that we're looking at. It's, it's, it's a change of mindset, a change of attitude, a, a new perspective in uh, what we're doing. And, uh, you know, sometimes we do need to change things up. Sometimes we do need to examine what we're doing and the way we're doing it and make sure that it is what God wants us to do the way that he wants us to do that. Yeah, I think when we talk about the idea of normal and um, kind of how we're called to be, even looking back at the Old Testament, we see that picture. I know we've talked about this the other day, that the idea that God called the people of Israel to be set apart. Now, that was one of the biggest things he was doing was saying, I'm creating you differently than everyone else. I want you people to look at you and realize that there's something different about Israel. Uh, and then to realize that's because they worship the one true God. In the same way, we're not called to be normal. No, nobody has ever been called to be completely normal, to fit in with the culture of the day. Um, whether that was in, you know, ancient Hebrew times or modern times, we're, we're never called by God to be exactly like everyone around us, which would be what culture defines as normal. And so, um, you know, that idea of we're back to normal, really, like you said, it's a mindset, the idea that, no, we want to be back to better because God has called us to more than just going through the motions, trying to not make waves with our neighbors, to just be accepted by everyone. In fact, God has called us to be courageous and bold to proclaim him to all the nations. Yeah, it's, it's not about just fitting in. Uh, and I know that it in our society it's dangerous to stand out because if, if you stand out, you're the one that's going to get attacked these days. Uh, if you are different, you're the one that's going to be attacked these days. Because what society says is that the norm is this. And as Christians, we say, no, no, the norm ought to be this. And uh, the world does not want to hear that. Um, but the truth is, the way that God describes his people from Old Testament to New Testament, he says, you're a peculiar people. And that means we stand out from the rest of the world. We're supposed to anyway. Um, and when we look at at this idea of kind of getting back to better and kind of where this came from initially in our talking as a staff was um, looking to our mission statement, looking to our vision statement as a church that we have on our website and we've got on our T-shirts, this idea of uh, meet together, grow together, serve together and and if if we are going to be a church that lives out our vision statement, how do we do that? And and as we look at this, this is really a great time for us to get back to better in 
looking at what kind of things are we doing as a church and how does that meet our vision statement? How are we meeting together and growing together and serving together? Um, are our ministries meeting that? Could we could we change how we do that? Um, and, and so that's another thing that we mean, not necessarily, like, like Brother Ben mentioned last week, there's good, better, and best, like not necessarily saying what we were doing before was wrong or was bad, but how can we be doing it better? Yeah, it's really about keeping the, the first things first. Um, and if, if we really believe in this mission statement, uh, meeting together, growing together, serving together, then what that means is that every one of our ministries needs to see how they fit into that mission, how they fit into that vision. What are they doing to meet together? What are they doing to grow together? What are they doing to serve together? And, and sometimes, you know, what you have to do is you have to go back and you say, okay, this this program, this, this ministry is not fitting in anywhere. Uh, we need to revamp that. We need to remove that. We need to do something different in its place. And that's the that's the power of a mission statement or a vision statement is it guides us in what we do, but also in how we do it as we accomplish the purpose that God has set before us. And one of the examples that we've used before in the past, um, take like our live stream, for instance, like before all of this happened, like we had a live stream. We, we, posted all of our services on Facebook and on our website. It was almost kind of an afterthought, right? Like like, like we really focused on what was happening in-house, and then with whatever was left, we were focusing on our live feed. Well, now all of a sudden this pandemic hits, and now we are completely reliant on our live feed. And as we started to look at it, we noticed there are a lot of things that we need to do differently with this. Um, and so that's kind of a, a picture of what we're looking at, like um, – we we got new equipment. We um, have been a lot more intentional about trying to mix the sound. That's why we've got like I don't know what are we up to eighteen live videos a week now trying to trying to get the sound right so that you know so that when Sunday comes, people who are still not comfortable coming back or who can't come back are still able to be a part of the service with us. And that's something that's going to continue on even past COVID, even. Even years from now, when when we're not actively talking about it, and we can have a conversation that's not about COVID or politics, when, when, when in that time, there are still going to be people who are not able to meet with us in person because mm-hmm. they're in the nursing home or or because maybe they don't live close enough. You know, all these different types of things that we'll still be able to continue to do the the work of the ministry even after COVID because COVID just simply shown a light on that low point and something that we could improve on. Yeah. And I think uh, when you talked about that vision statement, sometimes we have a tendency to just view it as a slogan, you know, to just be a, Oh, that's just a a little PR slogan that we put on our t-shirts and it it was a cute little phrase or whatever, but no, it's more than that. It is truly a vision statement of where we we see the church going, and that's where we, we everything needs to align with that. And so that's where that that idea of okay, we do live stream. Well, why do we do that? And if it was well, we do this because other churches do it. Well, that's not a very good reason. And that's and right. if that is our reasoning, then probably what's going to happen is it's just going to end up kind of meh. But we're when we look at it and say no, this is a critical component for us to be able to meet together 
even with those who we can't meet physically. Um, okay, then we look at that and say, all right, that ties into our vision statement. How are we going to do that? So we're we're making sure that we're meeting with them. We're growing with them because we're providing them the materials they need to grow. Um, and then we even need to look at, okay, well, how can we serve together even in that remote aspect? So those are the kind of discussions that we need to have as a staff and uh, really as a church um, because – we guys are not the church. We're just part of it. And, uh, you know, we're called to shepherd and to lead, but it takes the entire church body kind of um, seeing this vision and realizing that everything we do needs to align with that. Um, Not because we need to be just marching in step together, but because this is what the Lord has called us to do. And so um, in that, we need to figure out what, what is it that we are called to do? How does that fit with our vision statement? You know, there's some really great things that are really fun, enjoyable things that don't fit with our vision statement. Um, and they probably aren't things the church needs to do. So um, I can't think of one. Okay. The Shriners have these little cars that they drive in parades, and it looks like lots of fun. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of am jealous every time I see one. But I don't know where that would fit into our vision statement of something that we, the church, need to start. We're not going to start a precision hobo driving team or whatever the shrine temple has, right? That That's okay if you want to do that as a social club, but it's not really something that fits our vision statement. It's not fitting with the purpose of the church. So that's the kind of thing of if we're not careful, things that are fun or seem like good ideas can just start attaching themselves to the church. Um, but like a fruit tree, sometimes we have to prune it back to get it to really blossom. Um, and that's my hope as we're coming out of this season, as we're getting back to better, is hopefully that we've taken this period that we've all been kind of dormant for a while and that we can now as a church really blossom and explode um, because we've taken this time to be intentional about how we come back. You know, and, and that's, that's a great point because one of the complaints that, that a lot of people have uh, about the church, not our church, but the church in general, is that, man, we're just so busy. We're so busy. We're doing this and this and this, and every night of the week is full of meetings or, or programs or, or ministries. And one of the things we learned through this this process was it was good to back up a little bit and give our families time to spend together. Now, I think that eight months now is a little bit much family time. And some of them are saying, please give us something to do. But, uh, you know, it was good to do that and to, to, to look at it and say, hey, we don't need to overwhelm people. We don't need to run them to death. Uh, so what do we do? We have to look for what is best. It's kind of like churches try to be the jack of all trades, but master of none. And what we're called to do is to be the master of one thing, and that is to make disciples. So how do how do we do that utilizing all of these ministries? And Zach, I like the illustration of the live stream because it, it's a perfect picture of what we're talking about here. Because when we started talking about this, this it, it was um, I think uh, Forrest and, and and Courtney both brought up the image of the butterfly, the metamorphosis. That comes, you know, the butterfly is the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and then comes out as this beautiful butterfly. We're not looking to to change everything. We're looking to make it more beautiful, make it more workable, and and that's the key to to this. We're going back to better, not back to different, 
not back to other than, back to better. Like I was uh, kind of a, another example, feeding off of what you were just saying. I was talking to uh, some youth pastors uh, not too long ago, but not too recently either. Um, and we were just looking at like some different events that we that we do and how we decide on events that we do and how we schedule a calendar. And, and, and our conversations led to that while we may want to include everything that we can possibly do, all of a sudden, if, if we are trying to cram 10 things into this like one youth event, right, then really we may be trying to cover all of our bases. But what we're really saying is each one of these individual things is only getting about 10% of our effort right now because there's just no more way to do it. I mean, the math is, is steady. You can't give – 700 percent no matter what your baseball coach told you like, say, like <laughs> no sports math proves that you can give 110 <laughs> no, percent at all times that you have a hundred percent that you can give and and if you're trying to to cover you know 5 10 15 20 different things then what really happens is you've got a lot of these events that 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 are that need to be getting more focused that aren't and and when we look at that as a church just like you said we we, we need to really remember that at the heart of this, we've got one thing that we're supposed to specialize in. And, and all of the things that we do, while they, they can be great and wonderful events, we really have to ask ourselves, are they serving that one thing that we're supposed to be specializing in? Right. Because you know, at, at the end of the day, we're not going to stand before the Father in judgment and have him ask us, the social events that we planned as much as the discipleship that we were a part of. And so when we're thinking about planning events and we're thinking about what we want to get back to, we, we do need to have a passion to get back together and meeting back together and getting back to the involvement in the ministries that we were in. That is a, a good thing to have. It's just when we're thinking about those ministries, are we missing the fun, or are we missing the fellowship? Are we missing um, the meals, or are we missing the the Bible study time that we were able to get into? Are we are we missing being able to to get with our, our friends in church who we're used to being around, or are we missing being able to invite people into a church setting? Like just these kind of questions that we're asking. It's it's not that anything we're doing is bad. It's just how can we be using the things of our church, the ministries in our church, the gatherings, like you said, for like discipleship, for the growing of the kingdom, because ultimately all of these things, while, while they're not what we're supposed to focus on, we're supposed to focus on growing the kingdom and discipleship, how are those ministries backing up that job? How exactly. are they helping us to achieve that goal? And I think that, that if we if we shift our thinking to that, then... I think that our ministries do start to become a lot more intentional about discipleship because we're actively thinking about how is this, how am I using this to to grow myself and to grow other people? Right. All right. Well, I think that is a good word to end on. Um, again, I maybe foolishly promised that it would be a shorter episode at the beginning. And then I forget that we get together and start talking the next thing you know, we're at like 45 minutes. So uh, we should probably wrap it up there for today. Um, 
Do we want to do a would you rather or are we going to? Sure. Why not? All right. We, it would not be the end of an episode without a random question from the big old box of randomness. <laughs> so, Zach, right. go ahead and grab one for us. Let's see. Would you rather have to fight the giant Goliath or fight in a war against the Philistines? I, I guess I'm going to go with the Philistines. I mean, I, I don't really know. This is as much as I would like to picture myself as being David and I've, I've heard enough preachers remind me that I am not David <laughs> and that life struggles are not Goliath. So uh, I guess I'm going to go with, let's just have good old regular combat with the Philistines instead of the giant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I wouldn't mind being the guy standing back to back with David in the field fighting off the Philistines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be different. For one reason, I would rather fight Goliath because well, I was telling Forrest this this story, uh, I guess, earlier in this week. Because I have apparently been practicing for this day <laughs> pretty much my whole life. One of my favorite things to do when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm talking like, like three or four. My parents have reminded me about this begrudgingly many times. One of my favorite things to do as a kid, I would go into my dad's sock drawer and get one of his like big white tube socks, right? And I, I, then I would take that and I would go into the kitchen where next to our trash can, we had like a, a wooden potato box, right? And I would take out one of those potatoes, stick it in the sock and run around the house, slinging it, pretending I was David fighting Goliath. And it was all fun and games until when my parents told me to put it up, um, I would take the sock and throw it in the bottom of the hamper forgetting to take out the potato. Um, meaning... By the end of the week, if that sock had not already been washed and the potato had not been found, everybody knew exactly what it was when the room started stinking. So, for that, I've had a lot of experience. So I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take my shot fighting Goliath with a with a potato. With the potato. Boom. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So there. So Zach is gonna team up <laughs> with Mr. Potato Head to take on the giant. Yes, I. Brother will. Ben and I are just gonna stand back to back and fight the Philistines. <laughs> there you go. All right. In a field full of beans. All right, but not potatoes. All righty. Well, that does it for this week, um, and we will see you again next week when we talk about how it is we're getting back to better. Amen. <laughs>